good to be back home and um, enjoying the service, worship, and uh, Sunday school discussion with you this morning. <clears throat> Here we are at the dawn of 2023. Hard to believe, isn't it? I can remember 23 years ago, very distinctly, when the year 2000 dawned, all the apprehension about that. And of course, being at the age of 34 now, I can also remember things prior to that quite distinctly. doesn't seem that long ago. Some of you older folks can say 35, 40, 50, 60 years seem to have come and gone pretty rapidly. Faster than you'd ever imagined. We are reminded of the passing of time once again as we... Um, face this new year, the dawn of a new year. I'd like to just pause for a moment, all of us, to think about last year, the year 2022. What all did did the year 2022 bring to your life? Some of us immediately think of loved ones we lost, I'm sure. Some of us probably think of our failures and mistakes. Probably all of us think of that because we're not perfect, we're human. Think of pain, sickness, and um, probably unmet 2022 challenges and goals. Um, We think of the normal earthly things, inflation, cost of living. Well, hopefully we are remembering the joys of life and all the blessings God has given us. We have Newborn babies, victories won, new souls for Christ, healing, God providing for our needs, safety, forgiveness. Usually they far outweigh all the hard things we face in life. And in the grand scheme of things, they always do. God's blessings are, are everything. <clears throat> we also look back and see, probably still feel, how busy our lives are. So many things happen in a year's time. We're just so busy. Some of the busyness God puts in our lives, and it's interesting, we talked about that a little bit, came up in the Sunday school um, discussion. God wants us to be busy. But um, a lot of the busyness we bring upon ourselves with all the things and activities to gratify ourselves. I've been thinking about that a lot in the last year different conversations I've had and conversations I've overheard. Um, you probably asked me how things are going. I said, oh, just crazy busy. Um, but if most of our conversations are built around the busyness of our lives, I'm wondering if our focus is really where it needs to be. God wants us to, busy, like, wants us to be busy, like I said. He doesn't want us to be idle. But the only way it is making good use of our time is to be abounding in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We can have a crazy busy schedule and occupy our time, but it's all in vain if we aren't doing upbuilding godly things, God's work. That's not my text this morning. But I think it introduces the subject very well, making good use of our time. There are many verses in the Bible that speak about time. I'm not going to turn to 
very many at all, but let's turn to Romans 13 for our text. Romans 13, verses 11 through 14. Romans 13, verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Verse 11 contains a title that I have this morning. It is high time to awake out of sleep. And um, I have about five or six points of it is time. So the first one, it is time to consider the moment says, and that knowing the time, what specific time is it talking about? It seems like there is some critical period of history or something that we must pay attention to. Is it back when this was written? Future? Speaking about the future? I believe it is talking about right now, isn't it? Um, whoever is reading this, no matter what period of life you're in. When we first read this, when we first read this first years ago, or when we read it again now, we need to consider the time. The day of our salvation is even closer than when we first believed it. The day is at hand. The day when we will meet the Lord and realizing and considering this should cause us to make good use of our time. You're turning your psalm books to number 865, the song I wanted to sing with that goes with this message. I think we'll sing it now. You may stand. Eight hundred sixty-five. Oh, and now my soul another year of thy shore life is past. I cannot long continue here, and this may be my last. Much of my hasty life is gone, nor will return again, and swift my path. Passing moments run the few that yet remain. Awake, my soul, with utmost care, thy true condition learn. What are thy hopes? How sure? What is thy great concern? Behold, another year begins at doubt of 
Seek pardon for thy former sins in Christ so freely All right, the next point, it is time to awake out of sleep. In our busy life and schedules, many times we lose a lot of sleep trying to um, make ends meet or just to be able to meet the next obligation that we brought upon ourselves. Um, How often do we lose sleep because we are so on fire for God that we read his word late into the night or we have such a burden for the lost and for Christ's kingdom that we have no qualms about losing sleep? Um, this verse isn't necessarily talking about physical sleep. I don't think so. Um, we know that. It's talking about us spiritually. Surprisingly, though, whether we are awake spiritually or not, it's going to have quite a bearing on our physical sleep as well. So what does it mean to awake out of sleep? Are we paying attention to what is going on in the world? As God's believers, we should be aware of the signs of the times, like we mentioned, awake and alert. So many of us, I think, um, and I know for myself, have been complacent and slothful at times, content to let church life just flow along, maybe not be involved in it like we should be. We are content to let people of the world find God on their own by watching us live honest, hardworking lives. We are oblivious to the starving, hurting people, and actually there are many needs right here in Creston probably that we or myself, have not paid attention to. Fasting and praying, maybe we do that once a year, or maybe even less than that. Um, A quote I came across recently when I was reading, and um, it goes like this, The problem in our world is not the depravity of the wicked, it's the indifference in the hearts of the faithful. We could argue that quote a bit because we know that there are hard-hearted, wicked people who want nothing to do with Christians, and we maybe speak to them many times, and they resist and resist. But the challenge is, where are the Christians? What are we doing to make a difference in this world? God's people need to be making a difference. Wake out of sleep. Get up. Pay attention. Stop being so indifferent. Um, In that quote as well, I'm not sure it's quite fair to say that God's people are indifferent. If we are indifferent, can we actually say we are God's people? All right, some of the things that should awaken us are, um, well, look at the world situation. Becoming increasingly evil, very unstable. Look at ourselves. If I take a deep look at myself, it can shake me by my humanity and selfishness. Selfishnesses. Look at life, its fragility and uncertainty. Look at the signs Things are coming to pass that God said would happen. Look at your body. Are you getting any younger? New aches and pains, possibly. Some of us younger ones don't think about that too much, but I am at 
34 now. And yet, my body is not the same as it used to be five, ten years ago. Look at time. Time is running out. We all know what it's like to be running out of time in our hurried schedules. And that's our life, really. Um, it's like only so much sand in the glass. We think about an hourglass, the pre-filled hourglass. If we picture our life, every moment is a little grain of sand dropping from that supply, and it's getting less and less. One day that last grain of sand is going to fall through. Our life will be over, forever gone. Verse 11, the day of salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Um, Luke 21, verse 28, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Hebrews 1, verse 2, God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. First Peter 1, verse 5 and 6, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein be greatly rejoiced, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. And First John 2, verse 18, Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. And also in verse 12, it talks about the night is far spent, the day is at hand. We also know the judgment is coming, the day when we will meet the Lord, whether by death or return to Christ. We need to bear this in mind for ourselves to be prepared, but also I think it helps us think of others for the lost and use our time wisely. Some more verses, Amos 4, verse 12, Prepare to meet thy God. Matthew 3, verse 3, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And Mark 13, verse 34, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at even, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. Thus coming suddenly he find you sleeping, and what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, Awake to righteousness, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. That's in Ephesians 5, and 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6, Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. <clears throat> Next point is in verse 12. It is time to cast off the works of darkness and to put on the armor of light with the contrast of darkness and light. The works of darkness, men want to hide. Man is ashamed of them. Man knows they aren't acceptable. They are unacceptable. Man knows they will cause hurt and cause great damage. And man fears the results of sin. Sometimes we try not to think about these consequences of darkness when we're tempted and have done wrong. It's easy to push those aside. But God has filled us with that knowledge of good and evil, light and darkness. We know the consequences of wrong. All right, some more verses here. Um, And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hated the light, neither come into the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Ephesians 5, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. First Thessalonians 5, verse 7, 
For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. Job 24, verse 16, In the dark they dig through houses, which they had marked for themselves in the daytime. They know not the light. Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Isaiah 29, verse 15, Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who seeth us? And who knoweth us? Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering but not in my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. And Ezekiel 8, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery. For they say, Lord seeth us, The Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. So it tells us to put on the armor of light. It's not telling us to... Um, put on the clothing of light, but the armor of light. Um, it's protective. It's an armor for us. Full of splendor, glory, and brilliance that it cannot be penetrated. And that would be by the works of darkness as long as we are clothed in its um, protection. So what is the armor of light? Well, first of all, it is the armor of righteousness. You can turn to Second Corinthians 6. Corinthians 6, verse 4 through 7. But in all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the, word, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. <clears throat> Doing what is right is an armor for us. Also, the uh, armor of righteousness is also the armor of God, and we'll turn to Ephesians 6 for that. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Probably can say most of this by memory. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the powers of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bond that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and the uh, supernatural resource of the soldier, which is prayer. The armor of righteousness is the armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
And also in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. Next point, it is time to walk straight. It's time to live a godly life. An honest life is talking about here. Walking honestly as in the day is living an open life, um, one we're not ashamed of, God-honoring and holy. And at least six things to turn away from, rioting, drunkenness, chambering, wantonness, strife, envying. We need to give up our self-centeredness and focus on what is pure and holy. All of these things listed, rioting, drunkenness, chambering, wantonness, strife, envying, it's all about our own gratification. Giving up self is what God is calling us to do. Galatians 5, verse 19 and 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, and beings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And Luke 21, 34. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. That's in Luke 21. Um, and James 5, verse 5. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth, and been wanton, ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Second Peter 2, verse 18. But when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are lure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escape from them who live in error. Philippians 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. First Corinthians 13, verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. All right, our next point is, it is time to put on the Lord Jesus and make not provision for the flesh. Again, we have this putting on, this clothing becoming part of us. Um, Being clothed with Jesus Christ means that he is touching us. He's making a difference in our life. He protects us spiritually and physically. He warms us. He gives gives us that assurance, covers us, hides us, surrounds us. We are wrapped up. In Jesus Christ, for in him we live and move and have our being. He is part of us, and that means we will live our life accordingly. I think every area of our life will show God in us, our speech, what we listen to, things we see and how we respond, what we avoid. And it's going to affect our thoughts. Our thoughts are tricky, aren't they? Um, temptations come and toy with our minds. That is when we crucify the flesh and stop entertaining evil thoughts. Evil thoughts we entertain become sin and evil thoughts can lead to evil actions. A few more verses. Ephesians 4 verse 24 in that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Philippians 2 verse 5 let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus. Colossians 3, verse 1 to 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Colossians 3, verse 10 and 12. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of him that created him. Put on, therefore, as elected God, holy and beloved, bowels and mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, and in Luke 9, 23, and he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. With Christ in us, 
and part of us, it's going to make a difference in our life. The rest of verse 14 says, And make not provision for the flesh. Putting on the Lord Jesus and making him our way of life is completely life-changing. It's saying, no to the flesh. It's not possible to have both. It may be gradual, but if we slowly begin to cater to the flesh and um, we begin to put off Jesus and lose our protection and relationship with him, it'll keep going worse and worse and further. And of course, we leave that to God where that line is in others, but we need to continually keep our hearts in tune with God. So are you sleeping this morning? It's high time to wake out of sleep and be serious about life. You know, if, if we are sleeping, you know how hard it is to get up sometimes when you're sleeping. It can be difficult to wake up and to actually open our eyes and get up out of that uncomfortable, I'm sorry, that comfortable position. <clears throat> it's way easier to let some things in life go by in obliviousness. But consider the time we live in and how soon Christ could come or how quickly we could be called home, or called to eternity. Consider how Christ loves us and um, wants what is best for us. Consider others. Consider those following you. Let's walk honestly and um, put on the Lord Jesus Christ now while we still have time and make every moment count to the glory of God. Let's kneel for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for bringing us to this new year, 2023. Pray that you would be with each of us. Help us to look forward in faith, not in discouragement or anything like that, but help us to look back as well and see where we can improve our lives and help us, Lord, to do it with your strength. Pray that you be with each one here this morning and those who aren't feeling well, who are traveling wherever they may be. Pray you would bless their lives. Pray, Lord, that you would help us to be faithful to you. We thank you for health and strength. We thank you for newborn baby. We thank you for healing. Thank you for pain relief. We thank you for each one here this morning, all their joys. And also we pray you bless each one who is struggling or suffering. Pray you give them strength. Pray you would bless us today, bless the service tonight. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.